What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Big Shots Podcast. I am your host, Mike Hernishian. You can find me on Twitter at Mike Spencer WNS. Joined, as always, by my co-host, Real D underscore Jackson, Devin the Verified Jackson. Devin, how you doing today? Ah, oh, man, it's been it's been a it's been a tough couple of days, I would say. Um, I think obviously we both know, you know, kind of what happened. We were recording on Monday. Uh, this will come out on Wednesday, but. Um, Man, that that was tough yesterday. Just the the helicopter crash, you know. Lost Kobe, his daughter Gigi, um, and those those other families affected as well. Uh, I believe eight other victims, seven or eight. Uh, seven, including uh, one of Gigi's friends and teammates, and her parents as well. So. I mean, you texted me. I was actually on my way to the airport. I flew out uh, Sunday night, and I was on my way to the airport to just kind of sit and wait around. And, and you texted me, and I immediately thought you were thought you were fucking with me. And I'm just like, no, man. Like he was just talking with LeBron the other day. And I mean, I was never the biggest Kobe fan growing up. Um, I was never a big big fan of him. Uh, and you know what? There's a lot of people that are. Um, bringing up his his past and i'm not gonna do that i mean kobe in a way was kind of all of us because was he perfect no did he make mistakes yes but he always strived to be the best at what he did and i think that that mentality has rubbed off on a lot of people and i mean devin you and i were both 24 years old we weren't really old enough to have watched jordan so the first truly transcendent basketball player we can remember was kobe and I'll tell you, the fact that his daughter was in the plane crash with him, that's what hit it over the edge with me, and that's why it's been really tough for me, because she was 13 years old, man. She was 13, and you could tell the relationship that he had with Gigi, I mean, as personally, as someone who grew up without a father in his life, I would killed to have a, a father figure the way that Kobe was to her. So, I mean, th- thoughts out to the victims. Um, it's been really tough. Uh, and you know what? I've seen it a lot from, from people in media. It's okay to be upset and to cry about this happening, uh, even though you've never met Kobe. And there are some people that are, like, you know, uh, like I'm connected with through, like, social media or, like, people I used to work with that are like, well, it's just nine people, you know, people die every day. It's like, this hits different. This just hits different, and I can't explain it to you how it does. And if you can't understand that, then I think that you kind of need to give your head a check. Um, yeah, it's been it's been a real tough couple of days uh, and as, you know, the sports world was just kind of rocked to its core yesterday. And... Um, well, hopefully, when by the time that this comes out on Wednesday, people have will have had a little bit more time to kind of come down from this, and uh, will have been able to kind of, you know, get back to some normality. It's just it's been a really tough couple of days, and uh, well, hopefully, if we're able to, you know, put a smile on someone's face with this podcast to kind of get them through the fact that you know this all really really sucks. Um, I mean. Let's just let's just do this, man. This is this is not going to be easy for either of us again. It's still kind of fresh. It's it, it literally it didn't even happen. Uh, it barely, barely twenty four hours ago. So let's just uh, 
Let's just kind of through this, man. Yeah, for sure. Uh, just some quick thoughts to kind of wrap that up. I mean, of course, condolences to, you know, all the families affected. Um, you know, I think a lot of people are always saying, like, oh, the focus is on Kobe. The focus is on his daughter. And, you know, the focus, you know, is always going to be on everybody that's affected. Of course, it's going to be different when someone feels like a lot of the people in the, the world, I mean, even like worldwide, felt like they know who Kobe was, you know? And just growing up with him, like you were saying, me and you growing up with him, he is the Jordan of our generation, you know? Uh, iconic figure, uh, five-time cha- champion. Uh, we've seen the up and downs, you know, he had legal trouble uh, to, you know, his relationship with Shaq kind of rocky we've seen him go through all types of things and uh like you were saying he he always powered through it with his determination uh the mamba mentality that has been coined so many times over so many sports and his you know his message and his um just everything he's done for you know people who grew up with or without a father uh grew, grew up watching basketball grew up just a fan fan of his i mean you know, everybody was affected yesterday when the news broke. So it's definitely one of those things where it felt like the world stood still when when they were finding everything like that that was happening. And very few people can do that. I kind of related to, you know, when Michael Jackson died or Prince died or um, Whitney Houston died. Like few people have that type of impact where they can make like the entire world to stop and to reflect on their life and everything like that. So. Uh, like you said, we can go ahead and move forward, but uh, just condolences to the family and, you know, just hope that we can just continue to, to push through and, uh, you know, continue to honor his legacy. For sure, man. I mean, and the last thing I'm going to say on this is, uh, I mean, I'm not one of those guys that's kind of easily, I mean, I don't really show too, too much emotion a lot of a lot of times. Uh, but the last time uh, an athlete death hit me this hard was Sean Taylor. So it's it's been a long time since. And I'll tell you, it was it was really hard for me to focus on a lot of stuff yesterday, especially when you're flying out and, you know, you're sitting there and you don't know what's going to happen. So I'm sit- I was sitting there with my mom and it just kind of, you know, like like uh, like Jay Williams uh, said um, on ESPN, you know, those that are close to you, hold you know, hold them close. Give them a hug. If there's any, you know, if there's any animosity between you know you and someone close to you, just let that shit go. And I couldn't just said it better myself. And uh, yeah, all right, let's get into some uh, Big Ten news. It just came out literally about forty-five minutes ago that Indiana um, quarterback Peyton Ramsey has announced he's going to transfer. Funny enough. So, Devin, unfortunately, couldn't make it down to the Super Bowl. He got snowed in in Pittsburgh. More on that in a minute. Um, but while I was down there, I got to talk to Rhett Lewis from NFL Network, who is w- well-tuned in with the Indiana program, being a former player, being an alumni. Uh, and, you know, we talked about Indiana for a good, I don't know, 10 minutes after day two. And he told me, like, he would not have been surprised if Peyton Ramsey was looking to transfer because, as he put it, you know, he lost the starting job to Penix, who was a freshman last year, and he stayed, and ultimately when Penix went down with an injury, he was there, he propped the team back up, and they had a very good season, their best in years. But I said, like, you know, we'd love to have you on and, and talk about Indiana in the future, and he's he's agreed. We're probably going to have um, 
ret on in the future. But he told me that he wouldn't have been surprised if uh, Ramsey looked to transfer because, as he said, it's hard to be passed over as the guy twice. And Ramsey's in his last year of eligibility. So with him transferring out now, that says to me that this was Panix's job. He never really stood much of a chance, and he does have to do what's best for him. He wants to go pro. He wants to be an NFL quarterback, and it's hard to do that when you're the backup. So I don't know where he's going to end up, but it's going to be one that we're going to have to monitor for the next little bit. For sure. Uh, I think it, it has. he has to, you know. He has to move on. Um, it was clear for when, when they named Penix the starter, although not having that much experience going into this season, that they were all bored on uh, Michael Penix for sure. So Ramsey, he has been as good as he as good as advertised this season, I would think. You know, standing in for Penix uh, when Penix was dealing with injuries and then, you know, playing down the stretch of games, keeping them in games that, you know, maybe they could have won or lost. Um, he's done a terrific job. You know, it, it kind of sucks, but it, it kind of reminds me. I don't want to say too much of the Alabama situation, but it kind of reminds me of, you know, Jalen Hurst and Tua. Uh, you got, you got a, a really talented um player come in and you know they push you for the job they end up winning the job and you know the backup is is just as good serviceable but just doesn't bring that next dynamic doesn't take the team to the next level I think Penix showed that he can take it the team to the next level which is why they are continuing to stay and stand by him you know despite the injuries he's had and Ramsey he, he can win football games that's what he can do um, he, he's a tough player. I mean, you saw, I mean, even against Michigan, some of those later games in the season, Purdue, I want to say, uh, he, he battled some, some injuries that he got nicked up in, and, you know, he continued to battle. So I'm hoping his next chapter, wherever it is, gives him that chance to start because he's definitely a quarterback that can win you seven, eight games. He, he's just that good, that uh, has that leadership as well to lead teams. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see where he lands and uh, see where he kind of ends up. But, you know, his stock was rising, you know, as a, as a football player throughout the end of the season. He, he played that well. And, you know, should he have went out in the draft this year? I mean, I would take him over Shea Patterson or Brian Warke. <laughs> but, hey. I mean, that's not exactly a very high bar. Uh, and that's a great transition because obviously I was down there in Mobile and you were watching from home. Unfortunately, the big shots couldn't take over Mobile in 2020, but in 2021, you bet your ass we're doing that. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to break it down in terms of guys that impressed me from the Big Ten. And then, you know, I, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about the guys from other conferences that, that impressed me as well. Uh, so starting with the Big Ten guys, uh our guy Cam Brown from Penn State had a great first couple of days. You know, weighing in, you know, I mean, he came in at 6'5", 232, long arms. Uh, the dude's built like a brick house. Um, he's got great movement skills. He really does. He did very well in, like, the linebacker coverage drills, which shows that he's not kind of – I mean, he separated himself from a lot of the linebackers down here. Evan Weaver – uh, you know, uh, some of these other linebackers that were down there, these were your 
throwback kind of 80s, 90s linebackers where they're only good moving in one direction and can't change direction. He, uh, I mean, Cam Brown did fantastic in changing direction. Um, Antoine Brooks, the Maryland safety, did very well in coverage drills. Uh, again, fluid mover. Uh, I ended up including him as a stock-up guy um, in terms of, like, I needed him to have a good week. He did. He didn't really, like, impress me to the point where he's like, a, oh, like, I'm moving him into my top 100 players. But, I mean, he just, he had a very solid week. Uh, who else had a good week from the Big Ten? Kenny Willekes is one that I've heard uh, very mixed reviews on because he had a good, uh, like, on-field session. Coming in with 31-inch arms as a pass rusher is really going to limit him at times because, I mean, he's he doesn't have long arms. They want pass rushers nowadays to have 33, 34, 35-inch arms, and he came in at, like, 31. And that's going to limit him, and it's going to take him off some team's boards. But I felt like he showed he can put his hand in the dirt as a 4-3 edge rusher. He can stand up and be a 3-4 outside linebacker. Uh, he's a better run block or so run. Uh, he's better against the run than he is as, as a pass rusher. So you're getting someone that you can put on on the on the field really all three downs. I felt like he had a good week on the, on the field, but he just struggled a bit in terms of his physical limitations. Ben Bredesen from Michigan had a great week. Uh, who else had a really good week from the Big Ten? Uh, Josh Uche, uh, not only one of the the best interviews I had. Uh, he is an intimidating force. I'll tell you, when I saw him uh, uh, in the Players Hotel um, on the Sunday, he didn't look that big. I swore he was only going to be like 5'10", 5'11". Came in at 6'1". I think he might have been slouching when I saw him. And then when I interviewed him, uh, which you can find on my Twitter, um, you know, again, at Mike Spencer WNS, um, he just really dominated... The, on the week, but when I interviewed him, he's a, he, he's an intimidating dude, um, and you can find from Ben Solak uh, from the Draft Network, he actually gave a pass rush demonstration uh, for us that you can find on Twitter, and it was it was fantastic. He's a great guy. Proceeded to dominate the practices all three days. Um, and I'd be remiss without Malik Harrison. I found myself in the good graces of Ohio State Twitter, and I swear to God, my phone for like two days did not stop buzzing because of my interview with Malik Harrison. Uh, very soft-spoken dude, um, but he proved that he has great movement skills. He is a little bit limited. I mean, he's not the most agile, uh, but... He can move. He can change directions. It's not like Evan Weaver where uh, from Cal where he has to come to a complete stop. Malik Harrison kind of solidified himself as a top 75 you know, pick. I really do think that he's probably going to go in round two. Uh, but, I mean, as great as he did on the field, he was a great person to talk to. I caught up with him after, a couple, you know, after media day. I caught up with him um, after day one of practice. And he's just, he's a very soft-spoken, very kind of shy guy, but when he puts the helmet on, he is looking to take someone's head off. Yeah, all the guys you said, you know, I pretty much heard the consensus about, you know, Cam Brown. Uh, I knew about him. I knew he was a great player that really flew under the radar at Penn State, like I was telling people, um, because of Michael Parsons. You know, he, Cam Brown was just in as many plays 
um, you know, as Micah Parsons. Sorry, I'm losing my train of thought. But he was, he's been on as many plays. He, he makes plays as well. He, he's a big physical linebacker. I mean, 6'5", 240, my God. Like, he, he could easily play tight end. But Cam Brown, he, he's, a, he's an intimidating force. Like I said, he, he was a, one of those senior leaders for Penn State that really set the tone defensively uh, in the run game especially. And to hear that, you know, he, had, he displayed great coverage skills as well was another encouraging sign that he's going to be a steal. And, you know, as we saw a couple of days ago, um, shoot, it might have been like Thursday or Friday, you know, Penn State – took a portion of what you wrote about him and you know the that was cool i'm sorry that was cool penn state took a snippet of my um of my like risers article when i wrote about cam brown and tweeted it out and that was that was just badass cam is a great guy that i've been able to keep in contact with i'm really hopeful we can get him on the show uh, this offseason before the draft just to kind of talk about how he's training who he's training with um, I mean, I, I got a short interview with him. Uh, he was great, and you know, he's the he, he was gr- uh, great in terms of propping up his teammates. That's the thing is that I mean, I don't think you're gonna hear anyone say that Cam Brown wasn't a good teammate because I mean, my interview with him, he goes in great detail about how how great of a player Yitor Grossmatos is, and about how great Penn State is looking for next year with Micah Parsons and Journey Brown and, and these other guys. And it's like, he he almost kind of doesn't want to talk about himself. He wants to talk about the program. He wants to talk about the other players. He's just, he's so nice, man. Yeah, he, he's definitely a testament to a, a true team player. Uh, another person I wanted to talk about was Josh Uche. Um, you know, when I did my initial, like, senior bowl previews and, like, kind of breaking down each and every player, the thing that I said was that he's an explosive athlete. Um, he wreaks havoc on plays because he is that fast and that explosive uh, and that physical. Um, that was nothing I was ever concerned about. Of course, the size is, is what people are concerned about in terms of uh, what what he will play at the next level, what will be kind of his role. But I think he he's kind of silenced that because it doesn't matter, you know, how big. I mean, obviously he can get bigger, but his size really doesn't deter him from making plays. And I think. If you have somebody that is as explosive, as dominant as he sounded like he was during the Senior Bowl week and during the season, uh, that's something that's going to be a, a steal for somebody because the value, I mean, to me, after the second round, it's all he's all up for grabs pretty much after that. I could see him going, you know, mid to late second round, the highest third round. Um, he's just that good and, and that talented. So to hear that. You know, he was one of the players that, you know, stood out this past weekend in the Senior Bowl was obviously, you know, a good sign to hear. Um, and then, of course, you know, <laughs> on the opposite ends of things, uh, you know, I've heard Shea Patterson. Oh, let me get into – so before – so let me get into the Big Ten guys that struggled. Um, Shea Patterson had no business being down there. He had a decent first day, which many of us thought, oh, well, you know, if he keeps this up, maybe he can be a seventh-round flyer. No, he was he was awful. He was awful. I have not seen one place mention him as a winner for the week. He was he was dreadful. 
he he's a poor man's Taysom Hill as a quarterback. Take that however you will. Uh he was bad. He was he was he was truly, truly awful. Uh the Nebraska guys, both of them that were down here. Um Darian Daniels, I heard him more than I saw him. Uh he was he was almost a complete wash. I mean, he was overshadowed a lot by Davon Hamilton. Uh, Robert Windsor didn't have a great week from Penn State, which was kind of disappointing. Um, who else from the Big Ten was down there? Uh, Khalid Hudson did pretty well. I uh, didn't really mention him, but oh yeah, Lamar Jackson. Oh boy, uh, he was he was probably the worst corner down here. Uh, and if he wasn't the worst. He was in everyone's bottom three. He he was rough. He just he he's too physical. Uh, he basically would get called for what would be pass interference a lot with how handsy he is, and he's just the reason he's so handsy is he doesn't have the speed or the change of direction skills. He's probably gonna have to move to safety. The good thing he has going for him is that he's six three and two hundred pounds, and you can move that guy to safety. Yeah, that's not encouraging. That's one of the guys that I was kind of high on, kind of glad that he got invited down there. But, man, that's, that ain't good the year. No. Uh, Carter Coughlin was just kind of – he was just kind of there. He didn't really do too, too much to either hurt or help his stock. I don't really think he uh, – I mean, he's been jumped by a couple of guys. But other than that, I still kind of think he's kind of a fifth, sixth-round flyer type of guy. Uh, going through who else was there in terms of the Big Ten. Um, Sean McCune. Sean McCune was a great interview. I didn't really see much of him on the fi- uh, on the field. Um, a lot of teams I've heard from what I was overhearing just on the sidelines uh, liked him uh, just, you know, because he brings an extra dimension because he's more of a blocking tight end. Um, oh, K.J. Hill from Ohio State. Great, great week. Um, got to speak to his trainer, and yeah, his footwork is on a whole another level. Um, in terms of another Big Ten guy that struggled, Austin Mack can't catch, like at all. Uh, so that was kind of disappointing. Other than that, I mean, let's get into some guys that maybe aren't from the Big Ten that uh, you know had good weeks. I mean, the quarterback class. It was it was Herbert and it was Love and then there was everyone else. Uh, Jalen Hurts, he struggled mightily. Um, he is out of my top one hundred players. He he had a rough week. Running backs, it was really hard to evaluate any of them based off of what the practices mean. You don't get to see these guys running routes. You maybe get to see them in, in, in pass coverage a little bit. So it kind of in a way, was kind of meaningless for them. Uh, again, wide receiver Colin Johnson from Texas, coming at a at a legit six foot six, uh, and having the movement skills that he showed, uh, he made himself a lot of money. Uh, Denzel Mims from Baylor had a great week. It, it sucks that Brandon Ayuk was hurt, couldn't play, uh, you know, wasn't able to practice. KJ Hill, like I said, guy that made himself a lot of money. <clears throat> um, there's Van Jefferson from Florida. I haven't delved into his tape, but he had a great week at wide receiver. This was a great week for the receivers. Uh, basically, it was like Jawan Jennings, 
uh, Kalijah Lipscomb and Antonio Gandy Golden where people weren't in love with them. Uh, Gandy Golden can't separate the kid from Liberty. Tight ends, Bryson Hopkins, he showed why he's in contention for being the first tight end taken off the board. Uh, Josiah DeGuara had a great week. Adam Troutman, who I was not high on at all, the kid from Dayton, he had a fantastic week. Uh, offensive lineman Josh Jones was fantastic. Uh, Matt Pert from UConn was really good. Uh, Akima Deneji from Kansas had a solid week. Ben Barch from St. John's, a Division Three kid, probably had one of the best weeks in terms of um, of offensive tackles. Offensive lineman in general, he was just fantastic. Um, in terms of interior guys, like I said, Ben Bredesen had a great week. Lloyd Cushenberry from LSU had a great week. Um, Damian Lewis from LSU had a good week. Uh, defensive line, Javon Kinlaw, everyone there would have run through a brick wall for, you know, for him. He was just like, he won the week before the week started with just his press conference and how open he was. And then he got on the field and he only needed two days of practice to win everyone over. He is, I mean, I, I put in my article that, that you can find on whole nine sports that he can, Two days, you know, two days of practice. He ran through everyone. He'll he will be a steal no matter where he's taken, because wherever you're getting him, you're getting him out of. I mean, he's my number seven overall player. He's not going to go in the top seven picks. Marlon Davidson from Auburn was great. Um, the defensive line group kind of struggled. One guy that I had never heard of, or I had heard of, but had never watched or even thought of watching was this kid from North Carolina, Devin. Jason Strobridge. Now, he was listed as a defensive tackle, and he was 6'4", and coming into the week, people expected him to be about 285 to 290. He weighed in at 267. He crushed it. He came in. You can tell he's going to play edge at the next level. He's got an amazing get-off. Um, you know, first step out of this world. He dominated in the defensive line, offensive line, one-on-ones. It was, I mean, there was very few people that could even get a hand on him. Uh, linebackers, everyone really struggled. This was a lot of old school linebackers that weren't great movers. And then at corner, it was kind of a, 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 a ragtag group, but Darnay Holmes from UCLA and A.J. Green stood out. That is every, oh, and Dane Jackson from Pittsburgh. That is everyone that made a, a massive impression on me while I was down there. From your from your vantage watching on TV, who stood out to you? Um, you know, obviously I'm gonna go Big Ten guy. Obviously, uh, I love what Josh Uche did this week. Um, some of the names you name, uh, I, I definitely would concur. Herbert and Love both had some very great weeks. Uh, someone that um, I thought should have won the MVP. For the game was Anthony Gordon. I'm, I'm surprised that he didn't win MVP, even though he threw t three touchdowns. Um, but it seemed like his he, footwork is still kind of spotty. Yeah, but it just seemed like, at least from the game perspective, that you know he definitely got better over the week. What it seemed like. Um, so that those you know a couple people stood out as well. Uh, Javon Kinlaw, obviously. Uh, I was all over it, you know, watching, you know, what people were saying, uh, how he was dominating drills. I think uh, he had a, a great week. Uh, I didn't really hear much from Zach Bond. Uh, did, did, were you able to watch any of him or 
any of what he did? Bond's interesting because they had him doing a lot of the tweener drills, so he was doing uh, like outside linebacker. He didn't really do a ton in one-on-one in terms of defensive line because he came in small. Yeah. Uh, I have the spreadsheet in terms of uh, all the player weigh-ins. Let me see what he came in at. I'm just searching this. Uh, Zach Bond, he came in at 6'2 and a half and 240. Damn. Yeah, he, um, and, you know, 32 and, uh, 32 and 1 eighth arms. So, I mean, he's got decent enough arm length, but, like, that just screams uh, outside linebacker to me. It, he's he's going to be an... He's going to be an interesting case for the next level. Uh, I think the combine is going to be more big for him than the Senior Bowl was. He didn't really move up or down in my rankings. He just kind of stayed where he was. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, a lot of a lot of the guys you were talking about, Lloyd Cushenberry, uh, Ben Bredesen. Uh, I was already high on Bredesen uh, coming into the week. Um, I thought he was a super underrated i would say uh in terms of offensive line i know i heard a lot about john runyon uh coming into the year but bredesen really held his own this year um and it's encouraging to see that he had had another solid week i think uh, a lot of the michigan guys outside shea patterson really did themselves well for the week um ohio state guys as well outside like austin mack um i heard you uh briefly mentioned devon hamilton uh what did you kind of see from him this week um, so when they took them aside and did like the the defensive lineman like bag drills, he was one of the few guys that didn't really struggle with those. Uh, Darian Daniels has this very bad habit of standing straight up when he's doing like his pass rush moves. Hamilton has no problem with leverage and staying low. Um, one thing I will say, and this one hurt me, was Neville Gallimore, the defensive lineman from Oklahoma. My Canadian brother, he just he really struggled to kind of get the concept of of the bag work, but he played well in the one on ones, and I think I heard he had a good game. I didn't watch the game, um, but yeah, Hamilton kind of did really well in like the bag work, so you can tell from the mental aspect he gets it. He was kind of you know so so in, in in the one on ones and in the scrimmages didn't make too much of an impact there, but the fact that the coaches were very impressed with him in terms of what he was doing with the drills says that I think he's going to be someone that we may, I may be undervalued as kind of a fifth rounder and he may be kind of late day two, early day three. Gotcha. I was just wondering about those guys since, you know, they are also, um, big 10 guys as well. Um, but yeah, uh, outside of uh, pretty much the people you name, I've kind of, seen kind of the same things that they had pretty good weeks um but definitely want to get more clarification especially on some of the big 10 guys um and you know how they kind of perform because i really didn't see much about them um kind of a strange name though for me that was invited was josh metellus um i don't really see him as a huge impact guy at the next level I barely uh, noticed he was there. If I'm yeah. being completely honest, he just never really um, made any impact. Yeah. So I know his his, cover, his coverage skills are his like huge weakness. Uh, we saw, at least I saw a lot of the Michigan games. He was getting burnt deep, getting burnt with double moves, uh, taking poor angles, trying to uh, come across the field to make tackles. So. 
Um, I, like I said, I was just also wondering about you know the Big Ten guys in, in terms of him as well, and he he really didn't pop off the the, the screen when I was watching him. I mean, he just kind of blended in with the defense, and like I said, he has some glaring errors. Like he'll take a poor angle, and you know. A 15-yard gain turned to like a 40, 45-yard gain, and biting on double moves. Uh, he's had he had a couple interceptions, but he's not really out, you know, constantly like making plays or always around the football. So I was just wondering about him as well. Yeah, man, for sure. Is there anything else you uh, any other players you want to go over? Because I mean, I got my notes here, so. can't really think about it um i know we me and you had talked a bunch during the week so you were kind of giving me in a heads up of who was kind of impressing who was uh kind of struggling stuff like that um so i can't really think of anybody else that you failed to mention i mean like you said about running backs that that was kind of hard to evaluate uh kj hill sounded like he had a really good week i saw you know video clips of his one-on-ones um he was embarrassing people same with colin johnson yeah, I mean, it. both of those players, they like playing, you know, offenses that have so many different weapons that sometimes their skills aren't being utilized to full potential. I mean, I think that's definitely the case with K.J. Hill. Uh, to a certain degree, even Terry McLaurin last year, uh, people kind of felt the same way that he wasn't being used to his full potential. Um, but how State always has those really good shifty receivers that can really make things happen in the open field and we know about KJ Hill's yak and his ability his speed to, to really separate from people but um, hearing that his route running was superb you know the he might fly with some drop boards you know he might be that mid-round pick you know third round pick where he makes an immediate impact you know at the next level uh, should a team use his skills correctly um, I mean me just being a Saints fan, I would love to see somebody like that on the Saints. Um, and kind of I'd love that, to see someone like that on the Eagles. Yeah, have that added dynamic, you know, with them being able to run uh, routes from inside and outside and kind of his versatility. He, he played some H-back, some, uh, some, you know, running back as well at Ohio State. So I think, he, you know, the fact that he – had a really good week, especially in route running, in the route running aspect where a lot of players have issues separating. I think that that's a really good sign. Yeah, man. Um, so if you got nothing else, uh, before we get out of here, I just want to say, guys, uh, if you like what you hear, I mean, I, I, I've never done this before, but if, you li- if you've liked what you hear and you truly enjoy, or this is your first time and you like what you hear, uh, definitely subscribe. Leave us some reviews on iTunes. We love actually getting feedback. We don't just want to have you guys tell us how amazing we are. I mean, my ego would love that, but I understand that sometimes it may not always uh, be the most uh, interesting and that we're not perfect. So let us know what we can improve, what you guys like. Um, Stay tuned to our Twitter account, at Big Shots Podcast, B1G Shots Podcast. We have some news coming out at the end of the week. Um, yes, so eyes peeled. We'll, uh, we'll definitely be kind of updating you through our Twitter. Um, if nothing else, Devin, I think we can get out of here. So again, you can follow me on Twitter at Mike Spencer WNS. You can find Devin on Twitter at, uh, real D underscore Jackson. I said that right. Correct. Yep. 
All right. You can follow the show, as I said, Big Shots Podcast. And uh, until next week, guys, we will see you around.